we are so excited to announce our 2021 Doxology and Theology Conference. For details about the conference, head over to our website, the newly designed biblicalworship.com. Welcome to the Doxology and Theology Podcast, presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right, I said the Doxology and Theology Podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I am your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor of Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director of the Institute for Biblical Worship. On today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a clip by Dr. Ligon Duncan. Dr. Duncan is the Chancellor of Reformed Theological Seminary and the co-founder of Together for the Gospel. In this clip taken from our 2018 Doxology and Theology Conference, Dr. Duncan calls for worship services to feature the reading of Scripture. In reading the Word of God, God speaks most directly to His people. And so this act of worship in which the verbal self-revelation of God is addressed unedited to the hearts of His gathered people ought not to be ignored. It ought not to be skipped. It ought not to be squeezed out. You ought never hear a preacher say, I don't have time to read my text today. As if we need to hurry past God's word to get to mine. I will haunt you if I come to your church and you say that. But but not only should we never hear that, we ought to have worship services in which the formal reading of the Word of God is present lest we self-impose ourselves a famine of the Word. Wouldn't that be tragic? We have the Word of God. Would we want to self-impose a famine of it? And yet many have. The people of God need to understand how significant this is. Um, David Peterson has famously uh, described worship like this. Worship is engaging with God on the terms that he proposes and in the way that he alone makes possible. It's a very good definition of worship. God gives those terms in his word. And it is by his word, by his grace, and by his son that it is made possible for us to worship him. And so the word itself and the reading of the word of God ought to be understood for what it is, an enormous blessing. I had a a predecessor of mine at First Presbyterian Church in Jackson who used to say to me, Ligon, The Word of God, when it is read in public worship, the people of God ought to understand this is an event. This is is a big deal that the Word of God is being read. 
So how ought we to read the Word of God? Well, I have 11 pieces of advice on that for you tonight. Don't be discouraged. I'll go fast. 11 pieces of wise biblical and pastoral counsel because they don't come from me. They come from the Westminster Assembly of Divines uh, who in their directory of worship had an entire section simply on the topic of the reading of the Word of God in public worship. So none of this is original to me. One, the public reading of Scripture is a part, it is an element to be exact, of corporate worship. The public reading of Scripture is a part, it is an element to be exact of corporate worship. Therefore, it is not an option. When we neglect the public reading of Scripture, we neglect an essential aspect of Christian worship, and thus, our Christian worship is impoverished. The Westminster Confession of Faith says, the reading of Scriptures with godly fear the sound preaching and conscionable hearing of the Word of God in obedience to God with understanding, faith, and reverence, the singing of psalms with grace in the heart, as also the due administration and worthy receiving of the sacraments instituted by Christ, are all parts of the ordinary religious worship of God. Note that the confession puts the reading of the Scriptures on the same order of importance as the preaching of the Word of God. So omitting the reading of the Scriptures is on the same order as not having a sermon or omitting congregational singing. Do neither of those. Read, preach, sing, pray, administer the ordinances of the Lord, as the people of God gather. The public reading of Scripture is an element of corporate worship. It's not optional. Second, the public reading of Scripture is a means of grace. The public reading of Scripture is a means of grace. It not only serves as an opportunity whereby we openly and corporately sit under the Word, acknowledging God's authority, acknowledging our dependent on a dependence on his initiative and self-revelation, acknowledging our glad surrender to the lordship of his word. But it is a God-appointed means whereby we are strengthened by and receive his favor. The Lord has designed to bless and edify his people by it. A number of years ago, a pastor friend of mine was starting a sermon series on Genesis 1 to 11. And there was an, an officer, a longtime member, and an officer in his congregation sitting under that preaching of the Word. And as he began to read his text that Sunday, beginning with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That longtime member and church officer realized that he was living as if that were not true and he was converted on the spot. A member and a church officer, and he later said, somebody was asking him, I understand you were converted under Glenn's sermon. No, actually, I was converted under the reading of the Word of God before Glenn's sermon, he said. Because it, when he read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, this thought struck me. If that is true, I am in trouble 
because I am not living like that is true. And the Holy Spirit converted him in the reading of the Word of God. He doesn't remember the sermon, (laughs) but he remembers Genesis 1-1. The Word of God, the public reading of Scripture, is a means of grace. And by the way, that's that's one of the reasons why we developed a practice at First Presbyterian Church to to just use some brief phrases to emphasize to the people of God what a big deal it was that they were hearing the Word of God. So we would almost always introduce the reading of the Word of God with something like, this is the Word of God. And I almost always close the reading of the Word of God with this, thus ends this reading of God's holy, inspired, and inerrant Word. May he write its eternal truth upon all our hearts. To emphasize that this is the word of the living God. Sometimes I would say things like this. You are about to hear something that over five billion people on this earth have never heard. The word of the living God in their own language read to them as a means of grace in a public service of Christian worship. To just impress upon the people of God what a privilege it is to hear the Word of God. Our ancestors were burned at the stake so that we could hear this in our own language. It's a hard place to stop, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this message from Lig Duncan entitled, Read the Word, go to our website, biblicalworship.com and click podcast. Click around and find the show notes for season one, episode nine, and we are happy to share with you the entire thing for free. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology Podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms, engineered by Mark Norris and Caleb Sherwood, and the music is by our good friends at Murphy DX. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you.